0: It's Oklahoma Archery. Everything archery based out of Oklahoma for Oklahoma. Let's get it started. Hello everybody, welcome to another Oklahoma Archery podcast. I'm David Bosca. I'm Neil Cooley. And I'm we've Robert. got a, uh, There we go. think we're saying we got a special guest today. R- Robert, say your last name. Is it Rankin? That works. Yeah, it's Rankin. Yep. Yeah, okay. It's Robert Rankin out of Texas. Robert, tell everyone, since we're an Oklahoma-based podcast, but we seem to be touching a lot of places all over, um, is what it boils down to. um, Tell us where you're out of, and um, just tell us a little bit about Robert. Yeah, for sure. Y'all got some
1: good reach, first of all. You're getting outside of Oklahoma, so that's always a good thing. (laughs) I am... uh, Native to the Dallas area, Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm kind of right in between them. Um, So kind of south and and east, all that. So grew up here my whole life and um, just kind of roam around all over it. DFW Marketplace is pretty big, so you can drive an hour in either direction and still be technically in DFW.
0: (laughs) It seems like you can drive an hour trying to get into DFW. Yeah, no kidding. And not get very far, depending on traffic. (laughs) That's right. so how long well obviously you're on here because we know you from shooting i i i've watched a ton of your videos um and all that so just tell everyone a little bit about robert and his archery
1: yeah for sure um well first of all thanks for watching the videos um it, it still to this day shocks me when somebody comes up to me and says they watch my videos i i I know I see the views on there, but it never really registers with me that people actually watch them. So <laughs> um, but yeah, I I actually got into archery because a friend of mine, um, he had a bow and we were in our early 20s and not a lot to do. Uh, we'd go to, you know, classes and get out of class and, you know, just mess around the rest of the day. But uh I, I put him off for a long time. I didn't want to shoot the bow because I had a feeling I would be good enough at it that I'd want to keep doing it and I'm one of the types that I get into a hobby and I just I jump headfirst into it. I mean, we, before the the archery stuff, we were doing bowling and, and we got way too into that too, with buying shoes and, and bowling balls and get into a league and taking a class in, in school and everything. So, um, yeah, but anyways, I, I got into it through him and, um, first time I got to shoot his bow it was, it was looking back at it. Now it's, it's more cool knowing what I know now versus back then because back then it was just holding a bow and I didn't know anything about it but it was a old compound um before let off it was just a wheel bow and it was you know just really cool now to look back at it I wish he still had that thing but um I was good enough at it to enjoy it and uh, be pretty accurate with it up at close range so I just kind of stuck with it and um went down to a local bow shop in Alvarado, the Alvarado archery, bought my first real bow, um, from them. And, um, yeah, just the, I mean, we, we got into it with the idea of hunting and, uh, his girlfriend at the time, his, her family had a lease and we were going to go down there and nothing really ever came about that as things, you know, happen at that age. And I found out that I just liked shooting. And, and that's when I started learning about target archery and and diving head first into that. And, and that, you know let everything to to where it is now yeah archery you all, all anymore? stuff i i don't but i'm getting I'm, I'm that's my plan for this year for 24 that i'm going to get back into that and that's something i want to pursue a little bit more and and um make that make that happen
0: so over the years you okay you got into it you what was your first boat what was your first ever boat
1: so, the first one I got, it was a bear bow. And I, I don't remember anything other than that. It was a camo bow. It had a whisker biscuit on it. Um, had like, um, they weren't gold, but they were kind of like gold looking cams on it. So, whatever that, you know, super old one like that. Um, first one that I bought myself that was new was a Bowtech Destroyer 340. And that's one of the ones I had at the shop and um, blacked out bow. And it looked good to me at the time. I didn't know what I was doing. They kind of, guided me through it and that's what i grabbed
0: <laughs> <laughs> they suggested heavily in this one and so you went with their suggestions that's where it goes oh yeah well let's let's clear it up now now what are you shooting today
1: so right now i've got a PSE super focus 37 so it's um i got it in 2019 haven't gotten a new one since then um i actually was I didn't do a whole lot. So I kind of got out of things around the twenty twenty-ish time frame. Um started into real estate heavy at that point and just got out of, you know, shooting more, you know, at that point. So um didn't do any tournaments until this year and um shot my bus sporadically for the last three years. So this year I've been getting heavier back into it.
0: Okay. I gotta ask because I'm gonna poke because it is the podcast. You said got into the real estate buying a selling mm-hmm. or working
1: working it. So yeah, I was, uh, became a realtor in 2018 and, uh, did the solo agent thing and then joined a team in 2020 and that's kind of where everything kicked off for me at that point.
0: Well, tell everyone your current setup. How do you, how do you got it? What, what's your, what, what are you going with?
1: Um, okay. So right now, you know, at PSC super focus, um, I've got true ball, release excel sites shrewd scope um that that's been kind of a staple for years now that i've got um it's the xp site and then the shrewd that i'm running is an older one it's the mini mag so it's the 29 millimeter um i need a bigger one for 3d so i'll I'll be getting one of their 35 millimeter probably at this point but um, i've got that mini mag in there and for the longest time i never used magnification um, i I guess i'm just blessed with good eyesight i i can see really well i can i mean if it's close i i I can't call the arrow at 20 yards you know depending on if it's you know cutting an x line or something but i can you know even now i can still tell a lot where things are but um i'm running a four power lens in it now and um kind of fought that for a while because the double vision side of it i just never could work it and so when i decided to make that plunge into having that uh, magnification on there. I actually ended up building a blocker, you know, that runs off the side of that scope so that it blocks my left vision. So now it works for me. Um, I just made that I 3d printed it and, and, you know, had it bolted on there. So um, we've got that going on. I've got a Hamsky rest run, uh, you know, their, their drop away for a long time now. And um, I've got uh, gas bowstrings that I've got on them. That's a new switch for me this year. I've been running uh rogue bow strings for a while for, for several years. And uh, this year I went to gas. They're a uh, big proponent of the shop at Alvarado archery that I'm a shop shooter at and uh, been wanting to give them a try anyway. So I, I grabbed those been uh, super happy with them so far. And um, they're really easy to set up. Usually even shooting maybe two or three arrows or something like that. I could see that, you know, my loop move around right at first and some things kind of settle and I never really saw that with those. So um, that, you know, I was, that was a pleasant surprise on there. And then, uh, I've got black Eagle arrows. I do, um, so I've got PS 26s that I'm running. Um, when I got those originally, didn't do the 27s at that time because of the spine choices for the 26s, but now I could run the 27s. I don't know if I overlooked that they had different spines back then, or maybe that's new. I don't know, I'm, you know, being out of the loop with that for a little while, but, um, 26s indoors, 23s outdoors. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of my, my setup conquest bars that I've got on there right now about to switch those over to the, the shrewd Rebex and, uh, throw those on there.
0: i tell you what, I I shot those 26s for a couple three years and they're just mm-hmm. an all around great arrow. Um, I fell in love with them and yeah, I'm in the 27s. I let it get in my head that it may not be the biggest and, and might not touch that line. So I did switch to the 20 cents, but yeah, those 26s are wonderful arrows.
1: They, they group really well and they're super easy to tune. Um, you know, and it's, it's funny you said the, the 27 comment. So, um, Jeremy Balderrama that was on your podcast recently, uh, he shoots with us here in Alvarado and and we talk a lot about all the geeky side of archery, but we've actually gotten into measuring the same, diameter arrows right so if you get like a 23 from black eagle or uh the eastern aluminum 23s versus some other brands seeing that there's actually diameter differences one for different spines but even just like a 2315 is the max diameter you can legally get out of a 23 and then there's other brands that even though they're a 23 diameter shaft i mean you're really looking at a lot lot smaller you know in, in that realm if you're getting close to nick and line so I, that's why I'm kind of in that realm too i'm going to get 27s and get the outfitted, and i'll be making some uh there will there will be a bow switch coming in the near future so when that happens i'll be doing uh, some arrow switching as well and, and getting 27 set up
0: i see some different target faces on your backside there what's your favorite style to shoot uh indoors it'd be the vegas face I,
1: uh, I I tolerate the five spot because that's what Texas does and our shoot your way across Texas stuff, but I hate it. Um, I really do. I don't. I don't know why. I, other than maybe it's just it doesn't have the the baby X inside, so it's not as fun to shoot at. Maybe, but I, yeah,
2: I like the Vegas face the best. <laughs> Glutton for punishment is what I'd say. Yeah. So my
1: honestly though, my game changed a lot when I started counting and aiming at the baby X. I noticed that my groupings were better. My scoring started being better, even as big 10 scoring. And that was kind of that, that was a segue when I was stuck at that 297, 298 range to uh, start focusing on that. I changed my the way my site was set up. And for me, I was using a larger um, switching between dots and pins, um, that would cover up most of the tin and most of the yellow and, and trying all that out. And I actually, what I've ended up with now, my pin is small enough that it covers a little bit more than the baby X on a Vegas face. And that's what visually I like.
2: <laughs> what size pin are you running?
1: So it's a 19,000 fiber. I've got a zero sight light kit set up with a clear fiber. And then I run it as a blue light running through it. And I did that blue um, mostly because it doesn't starburst. It's just a darker, you know, the, the way it retrieves and, and refracts that light, it just darkens everything down. It doesn't starburst and I can get it a lot more fine tuned, I guess the best way to put it.
0: You can see around it
1: better. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have a bad tendency. I'll peak, you know, and, and want to move everything. So Um, the reason I like that sight light is, you know, there's various indoors light conditions, stuff like that, but I like to dim it down and kind of control what it looks like. So it is a little bit smaller and more, you know, fine tuned, I guess on there.
0: When I had a dot, I, I got into a habit of lollipopping it and that was the worst habit to, to ever try to get out of. Yes, I get it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, Tell us about your, everybody, he does a YouTube channel that is, that's where I first um, started following Robert and everything. Tell us about your YouTube channel and how'd that come about?
1: Yeah. Um, so the YouTube channel came out just super organically. I, um, when I started everything out with this, it was on a blog. And back then, um, oh man, I don't know, 2008, 9, 10 area, sometime in that time frame there wasn't a lot of archery information that you could go and find in one spot. You had to search everything out for hours, um, just because, you know, the nature of the way that things were back then. And my idea with that was I started that blog and I was linking articles that I found from other people that, you know, that were good that I wanted to put in there, citing them, putting that on there. And then I was writing my own stuff in there and putting it in there. And as that grew, people were saying that they didn't learn from reading it you know, and looking at pictures as well. And they wanted videos. So I fought that for a long time and finally broke down and did it. And the first early on videos were very awkward and it was bad, you know, and in fact, there's a couple of them I've taken down and and redone them over time because it was just, you know, it was pretty bad, but um, I enjoy it now a lot more. And it's honestly, it's, it's way easier for me to give information out through, you know, the YouTube platform like that and, And honestly, it opened up a lot of doors for me um, when I was doing everything with this as a business. So I actually was in banking for nine years before I got into real estate. And um, when I got super heavy into the YouTube side and and making some of my own pieces like that two finger attachment, like the one that you purchased, um, some thumb barrels and different things like that, um, I started selling almost as like a pro shop, like an online pro shop, I guess is what you would call it and doing some of that stuff. And it was enough where I was earning the same as what I was at, at the bank. So I left, um, things were kind of going downhill that range at that point in life anyways. Uh, and then YouTube was interesting because, you know, a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people within our industry really look at it, how the people outside of our industry do in in regards to just you know the the term influencer gets thrown out there a lot. I think it gets a bad light, but um, there's there's good ones and bad ones. But um, a lot of the industries outside of ours pay you for ad space, um, whether it be for their products or for you to promote their products or just display them out there, whatever it may be. And that was actually something I got into on a smaller scale for a while um, with people here in the in the archery industry. So that was a lot of fun too. That was pretty cool to. That, that was early on. A lot of my partnerships that I was getting with people was, you know, I was already using their products. It was already on there and it was selling some ad space, you know, for different scenarios and, and things going on. So that was a lot of fun too.
0: So I remember seeing, and I'll bet some of it was, and it was the, I, I remember there being bowstrings that you uh, spoke heavily of um, during a lot of them. I'm trying to think. Um, oh, what was that? There was a, Site leveling, I thought. Oh, I've drawn uh, like a blank. the bright site. That sounds right.
1: Yeah. The, it, so it's the platform you put,
0: you mount the, the sight bar to it and then I had the level on it. That I think that's something that I remember you um, talking a lot about. But um, is that the type of stuff you're referring to? Yeah, stuff like that. Um, honestly, there was a lot
1: of things. And th- the cool part was, is. It, It wasn't so much just like an ad, you know, and and that was kind of the way it became, you know, and it wasn't like, hey, check this product out. You need to buy it. Sometimes it was product reviews and, and, you know, and I was getting, you know, funds for reviewing products. Um, But a lot of the times it was just like, I want to see it in the video, you know, and and maybe this video today is about first, second and third axis. You know, we're setting that up or maybe it's about, you know how we're looking through our scope, different things like that. And that
0: product was just front and center in that video, that kind of stuff. So how do you come up with your ideas for all these different videos? Cause don't you do one or two a week or something like that? Yeah. So, so right now I do the one
1: main one, um, uh, which is the Tuesday's tip of the week that goes out to everybody. And then I have a members only video. So people that are members on the channel, they get some extra content and then I'll do two, uh, the YouTube shorts each week on Wednesday and Thursday. So, um, each of them each week's kind of a theme and I just make the, you know, all the videos based off of that one, like this week was hinge shooting. Um, but, uh, early on it was archery talk, everybody that was getting into fits and arguments or whatever. Um, one of my, one of my more watched videos was bear shaft and group tuning. Um, cause I'm not a big proponent of bear shaft tuning. Um, I think there's a time and place for it, but, I think that for the majority of people, they're not consistent enough to really get any good out of that. I think you spend more time chasing your tail and it hurts you more in the end. Um, But I've also found in regards to target, which is different from hunting, but in regards to target that I always have a little bit of a direction on my arrow for my best grouping. So So I finalize everything by group tuning, just whatever looks the smallest groups or the best scores. And if I go back and shoot that through paper for me, it's usually always some version of a right tear high, you know, higher, maybe not or something, but, um, I'm kind of goofy. I have a a right tear problem where most archers are right-handed have a left
0: tear. (laughs) So let me think there was something I was thinking of a while ago when you was saying all that, um, Oh, well, I've drawn a blank. Old age moment again. It got me. I'll have to write it down next time I come across it. Um, uh, when, you, when you find your product, um, I'd like, oh, that's right. Uh, back up. Just a little, You talked about the different segments of it. you have a members only. Explain to everyone what that is. Yeah.
1: So YouTube now allows you to have members to a channel and you can make it. As the the creator, you can make that kind of however you want to do it. Um for me, I just like to have extra content. So generally the members video that I do each week is more raw. Um, it's not like what you see produced, you know, on the the main channel. It's usually in one cut and you know, it's talking, showing, whatever we're doing, but it's gonna be more information like if you purchase coaching services through me or if I'm, you know, helping you one-on-one, that kind of stuff, or like uh, some of the instructional videos that i was selling for a while when i was making those it's more that kind of information that's more in depth it's maybe something that's not necessarily secretive but just you know deeper i guess is what i would like to say like deeper into that topic
0: so you do coaching you'd mentioned that did so where do they find the coaching and how to sign up for your memberships and and all that is that on a website or through youtube So the members platform is
1: through YouTube. Um, you can see on the main page, it'll have a segment. Um, I think it's on the right hand side of everybody's page. If they have a member's platform where you'll see it, it opens it up. And there's, you know, a a video that talks about what you get, what it looks like and all that kind of good stuff. And there's different platforms. So I have one that's, you get just the videos and then I have one that's the videos. And then you also get access to a, a, you know, a coaching service with me and you don't have to pay extra for that. And then, um, Um, So it's all kind of a little bit different like that. The coaching side of it, that is all done now, mostly through word of mouth or through my blog. I still have um, some stuff that's written down about it where you can see like I do it in platforms. You can have a, a full package where we go over everything where, you know, we do form, fitment, tuning, shot execution, mental side, like all of that. And then I have it broken down. So a lot of people. Just you know, want to know if their draw links correct or if their form looks good, or you know, all that kind of stuff. And there's a cheaper option for people that want to just look at that. And, and um, coaching side was really cool. Um, again, it was really organic. And actually, I had so many people coming to me early on just wanting help because I was accessible. That I ended up starting charging, and that's why I started charging people for it. Just try to weed them out, you know, as far as people that. Because a lot of people are, you know, what they call an, an ask hole um, where they'll ask you a question. You give them an answer and they tell you you're stupid and they don't like your answer. So I, I wanted to weed those people out because they're just, you know, it sucks a lot of time. But um, I uh, created Great. over time, I created my my program. And I don't know if people have seen photos, different things where it's got the lines running through your body and it's got the circles and all that kind of stuff. So what that is, is my visual that I use to try to help people when it came to doing it online. Cause I was, I was working with people in coaching in Australia and Canada and Great Britain, South America. There was a Paralympic archer in the Olympics back in, I think it was 2016 is when that summer Olympics was that I helped. So stuff like that, when it was online, I, I can't touch them and move them. I needed them to be able to see a visual. So that thing helps that program. When I built it, it helped me figure out joints and, the The overall distance, so I can tell you, draw length. We need to change it. Loop length, if it needs to be changed, stuff like that. I can usually get to about eighth of a quarter of an inch, something like that, just by that program, and then we can fine tune it based on how they shoot.
0: That's really interesting. I've seen that on your um videos and stuff, and I didn't realize that was something you'd come up with. That's really cool. Yeah. It, so it was. It's.
1: I mean, it's pretty functional, honestly, the way that I built it out. So. I I did it as just a study. So there was a lot of um, there was me and another archer that I had worked with originally as coaching. But it turned out he was just like, dude, the rocket scientist and he understands things at a really high level. So we started talking and I could learn from him and we could put some stuff together. And um, I did a lot of this testing early on, building that program on a lot of professional archers doing screenshots from videos, you know, and when they're filming them shooting or getting photos from guys, Um, a lot of the, you know, like the ALC Hornet crew, I did a lot of them because I just wanted to see what that looked like because Griff's teachings at that time were were vastly different than mine as far as draw length and loop length and how he came to it and what he would do versus what I was doing. And um, mine has meshed more towards his side over time, but I wanted to see like, the difference between real wild lean versus somebody that stands straight up or recurve shooter or what we could do. And I found that there was two spots that whether you lean back or stand up, have a bent bow arm, have a straight bow arm, whether you shoot a recurve bow or or any type of compound release, it was always the same. And and that's what kind of I based that program around. And it's what I call the leverage line. And It's the um, like if you ever see that photo or see me looking at it, it's the line that runs from your release arms, elbow down to your bow hands, wrist and hand area. And if that intersection point is somewhere in that hand location, you're okay. And where it falls in there is based off of how hard you pull and how dynamic or stagnant you are. And that's what I found that it's always the same on everybody except for Mike Slosher. He did not work in this program, but everybody else that I put it in has um he leans back and has so much front weight and his rear elbow is so low like it just doesn't work um you know but
0: for mortals it works really well <laughs> yeah he he's he is definitely a different style different person different everything um so uh yeah for pulling him out would make that I, I could see that. Yeah. He's, he's got a different and it looks so effortless whenever he's shooting too. It's just amazing uh, to have that weight. He's got there and it just, it's just, it's yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it kind of, that, that realm of it opened me up to, I, I still have a platform of how I guide people through certain steps, but I mean, honestly, there's so many ways that you can shoot a bow really well that, um, honestly, like if you have that location as one of your locations, and then there's a balance line with how the height of your bow hand versus your shoulders, if those two areas are in line, the rest of it can be whatever, you know, honestly, and, and people can and shoot really well as long as they
0: can figure those two areas out. Wow. That's cool. Neil, can you think of anything?
2: Yeah, I, I think he's kind of touched on something pretty important as far as Intermediate shooters. I mean, you said back in uh, you know three or four or five years ago, you were shooting just once every every little bit. Could you see yourself getting better, or at that point, or had you had you already in the past shot better? And you're like, hey, if I get back into this six days a week, I'm going to be really good. Like, tell tell us just how that that transformation kind of happened from I might shoot every once a month to I shoot five days a week.
1: Yeah. So. Right before I took that break, I was at the peak of what I've been for myself archery-wise. I, I could shoot. Um, I wasn't getting a 300 Vegas score every time I shot, but it was very comfortable for me to get 300s. I, I could shoot 300s with mid to upper 20x counts. I've never shot a 30x, gotten close. Uh, still on my list. But um, when I took that break and I was not shooting very often, I could really tell a difference. Um my setup needed to change some cause I didn't have the strength, um, being built up and everything. But I just noticed that you're just the, the fine muscle groups that you use are not there. Um, so I, I noticed that a lot. So for somebody that's shooting once every two, three weeks or the hunter that wants to set their bow down after hunting season and then pick it up a week before it, like that's hard. You're not going to, like, you're going to struggle and, and coming back into it. I've seen that a lot. Like this year has been an absolute struggle fest for me knowing where I want to be and then trying to get back to it. So it's, it's been a lot of, honestly, it's been a lot of chasing my tail. Um, when I first rolled back into it, I just shot the way that it was set up when it was doing really good prior. Uh, I went back and looked at my notes, just set the bow up that way and just, you know, shot it and then decided I would start changing things. And I changed a ton, draw length, let off, Uh, loop length releases the way I shot my release and I've literally come full circle now and I'm exactly set up the way that I was prior and shooting the exact same way so I don't know if it was just needing to build muscles up and getting you know I'm not a patient person Uh, I think that probably led into it but now I'm getting back into it and it it feels normal again
2: (laughs) that's a really good point sometimes you you know when it comes to like stabilizer weight for example. Early in the season, I like to I like to set that bow up light if I know it's a high rep, like an indoor bow. Mm-hmm. Later on down the year, once you've been shooting all winter long, it's like, okay, I think the bow needs a little more. I think I need a little bit more. Got to find that, you know, that happy medium to where on tournament day, you, you want a light, bow. a light bow. A light bow is always coming back to center, but sometimes tacking those weights on will, will kind of bail you out when the nerves start to shake just a little bit, so... I think that's part of a you know a process that's worth detailing to people. It's like, hey, you know, you're shooting two or three days a week. That's great. Once you crank it up to five or six, you know, and, and it's not like you're the one, if you're from like a coaching standpoint, it's not like you're the one selling them weights. You know, they can get those from, you know, get them used, get them from the shop, get them from Lancaster, but you can tell them. What I'm seeing on my end, this is what, you know, you might need a couple on the back. You might need a few on the front. Slow it down. And I think it's really interesting that over time, you said, you know, let me just, I'm getting back into it. Let me just start offering this service as a a coaching service because – you really do get those people who just ask you something to see what you say because they want to say something opposite. You know, we're talking about finding the right way to fletch on the spine of an arrow. You know, that's always a hot button issue where they don't really want to know what you're going to tell them to do. They just want to tell you what they think. And it's like, well, you know, if you want to play mental gymnastics, I'm definitely going to charge you by the hour, every hour. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um,
1: archery, man, there's, there's some strong opinions in archery and it and it's black and white to a lot of people. But I mean, at the end of the day, um, I, I mean, for me, I want it to group best, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of what I always come back down to with people is, you know, like, Hey, however you want to get there and however you feel like you need to get there, go for it, but just make sure it groups the best.
0: <laughs> so you're saying if we had a team or you had a team put together, Not all of them would be shooting the same style form, the same single bar V bar, the same. It's just what would work for their physical setup.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, so like Jeremy, we'll take him for instance, because he's been on here and, and, you know, people may or may not know him, but yeah, let's throw him under the bus. Yeah, let's uh, definitely he'll, he'll be okay with that. Um, (laughs) So I ran him through my my program the other day just for fun because he's shooting really good right now. He switched over to that bowtech and um, just it seemed like like a light switch moment happened for him. You know, I was watching his scores and then it just clicked. So he is he has met the two criteria that you need to be on there. And honestly, for an archer that leans back a little, he doesn't lean back a lot, but he leans back a little, and he runs a tremendous amount of front weight if you were to pick his bow up and try to shoot it, which I have, and I run a lot of front weight too for me, but for him, like it's, it's different. Like it's a lot. Um, but he is just for reference.
2: Tell them, tell them what you're running length and ounces on yours, right? Yeah.
1: So, so on mine, it's a 30 inch front bar. I've got, um, eight, eight ounces on there right now, I believe. And then my rear bar is a 15 inch running out that low rear setting on it. And I've got 13 ounces on it and it's, that's the lightest front amount of weight I've ever ran. Um, But that's, it it balances well that Supra has such a different riser geometry to it and it doesn't need a lot of rear weight. It needs that front weight on it um, to, to kind of balance it out for me at least.
0: Well, that's, and everyone, we want to tell you, it has everything to do with the way that he's executing his shot, his push, Mm -hmm. his pull, his his direction, whatever you want to call it. It has everything to do with that. But anyway, back to Jeremy, let's, let's, let's get this bus rolling here. Let's roll over. Um, But yeah, so he, he,
1: he is literally, and I told him this and, you know, I was like, not just because I'm your friend and I'm trying to amp you up like this is true. He literally is perfect on those two points. Like it, I've used him now as an example to other archers that want to lean back because I'm like, this is what it needs to look like, like these two areas. And I think that's why he's shooting so well, but he is pulling the crap out of that bow, you know, to to replicate that front weight and to support that, you know, and, and he's got um, a resistance style release that he's using a little bit right now just as a training tool. And I grabbed it from the other night at league to shoot it. And, um, his holding weight is more than mine and he's pulling harder than me. And we figured out it's right around 26 ish pounds is what we think it's breaking at it on that release. Wow. Cause I was having to pull the crap out of my bow. And, and I historically do not run a lot of holding weight. I've got 75% let off on my bow. Um, his, it, which is, I think it's subjective too, to the bow because my 75% on mine doesn't feel much off of the the roughly 65% that he has on his bow. I can definitely tell a difference, but it's not a lot. But the holding weight-wise,
0: I've always run a little lighter. That is a ton of pulling weight to make that thing fire. But he is – it helps him hold steady. He
1: sets up a very dynamic-style bar, um, which is similar to what I do. He's just more on the upper end of it. But what I mean by that is when I am getting on target – if I'm just, you know, back on the stops at target and I'm just holding there, my float is actually moving like pretty decently. It moves around a lot, but as I'm pulling into my shot, it shrinks and it softens and it slows. And then I'm trying to get it to where the tension on my thumb release and the amount that I'm pulling into it is breaking as it's hitting that steady point. And, and he is doing the same. He just pulls harder to begin with and through it.
0: <laughs> Jeremy, you're a stud.
1: Yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's nuts. So I don't have the, I don't have the shoulder and neck weight for that. I don't know how, how people do all that consistently. <laughs>
0: um, well, listen, well, yeah, well,
1: everybody would be different. It, it just depends on what they need to shoot, you know, and, and it, and it really is just like based on their shooting style. Some people like to pull and some people don't. And that, that honestly makes a huge difference on how you set a bow up.
0: It's all about repetition and it's what you can do under or trying to do repetition. I think everybody that's shot any length of time understands that. Yeah. yeah. Well, since we got Jeremy going, let's tell everybody about what you got going this weekend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This weekend's going to um, be a stressful day for me on Saturday in a different way. So we've got a tournament that uh, Jeremy and myself are putting on. It's a Vegas face tournament. Cause again, we are tired of the five spots. Um it's we we kind of put it out there as like a Vegas Lancaster warm-up. Um it's scoring the X is an 11. we We're gonna have a 30 arrow qualification round. Everybody's you know gonna be out there. Um we've got that full, sounds like uh, we could have 32 people on one line time, and uh it sounds like we're full from what I, he was texting me earlier and telling me, but um we'll do the 30 arrow qualification once that is done we're going to, we've got it broken down trad. Um, we've got the recurve guys, the Olympic recurve guys in two different classes. We have bow hunter and open class, and then we have a pro class and we're going to take, depending on the size of those, the top five, six, three, you know, you know, on the smaller classes, stuff like that. And we're going to do a ladder shoot up. So sixth place and 5th they're going to go at it three ends, Tie, you know, top score, whoever wins that goes on and faces fourth and then so on until they get up to the championship round. And Jeremy built some uh, some some stuff for that that we're going to have and roll out for for the shoot downs. And we're going to go live on our platforms and, and get to do all that. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we got word last week. We've got a legit local pro to us that signed up for it. That's going to be there. And that's, that's going to be really cool. And I'm going to watch. um jeremy hopefully be a little bit nervous around somebody that can uh give him give him what for on that so that'll be fun too but we're hosting that it's going to be uh alvarado archery so our our home shop and um we're going to host it up you know out there it starts at 10 a.m for scoring for the qualification and we'll shoot
0: throughout the day until we're done <laughs> well that's just cool i'm glad to see that um we've been talking a lot of indoor and you did mention 3d that now we're going to Neil's ears are going to perk up. What class do you shoot in 3D? So I have never officially shot 3D.
1: Okay. I have done some local fun stuff. Um, and, you know, just like some benefit tournaments and just different things like that. Some little buckle series and things of that nature. I've always done no, no. Um, I'm i not very good at judging yardage. Definitely. That's that's a whole skill set on its own. Um, so you hand me a range finder, I'll be okay. But yeah, it, it, what I'm going to get into this year, um, I'm going back and forth between either known 45 or known 50 in the Texas ASA series. It'll be one of the, one of the two. I don't know which one yet. And, um, that, that's kind of, you know, what I'm looking for is, is getting into it, but it's always, it's always been harder for me to shoot that. in in really any kind of the summer events like field 3d and things like that. Cause my job keeps me really busy in the summer. <laughs>
0: yeah that nasty four-letter word um yeah. <laughs> neil can you think of anything else bud yeah i just
2: i kind of just want to reiterate how important it has it, it how how important it is to have a, a coach that understands there are different styles that people can shoot different bows so you walk into any pro shop and you buy a you know, you might buy a, another a new hunting bow, or you might buy your first target bow, and it could have a couple of different let-off options. You don't know if you're looking for short bars or long bars, but just having somebody just check your form over, check out you know what your pin movements doing, and watch you execute, that I think is going to save people a lot of time and headache switching between wrist strap releases and thumb buttons uh short bars long bars heavy out front light bow it it just depends on how i mean if you if you're shooting it like kyle douglas put 30 ounces on the front of it you know i couldn't i couldn't manage to hold something like that up mine are about 9 and 18 one to two ratio pretty pretty light comparatively but i think that that's something that you could take a real beginner to to even an intermediate archer and you might put 10 points on their average, just kind of watching them, reassuring them that, Hey, you're, you're moving in the right direction. You know, you're thinking about the right things. Is that, is it something that being able to coach people and and see them get better is, is kind of what, what keeps bringing you back to it? Or is it something that's like, man, these guys are, these guys are getting pretty good. The, my feet are getting warm kind of got to, kind of got to watch out for them. Have you had somebody like that. That's, you know, got them up to your level and then they, you know, they surpassed you pretty quick.
1: Yeah, I've had a few of them like that, but honestly coaching to me is my favorite part of archery. Um, if I'm picking something to do, it's that. I like that way better than competing. Um, I compete because I do like it and I enjoy it and it's fun to get out there. It's kind of a proving ground, but yeah, I'll, I'll coach people all the time. I enjoy it, but, um, I've had a I've had several people that that outshoot me now that I've coached. Um, you know, especially since I took that break. Uh Jeremy was one of them. Um Jeremy was was very early on and and I didn't give him a whole lot. We 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 worked on it, but and I gave him a base, but um yeah, there's there's been a few more. Uh Tracy Rogers, I don't know if you know who he is or not. He's um Texas guy, does a lot of um 3D shooting. Uh, yeah, helped him. He probably outshoots me now. Um. Yeah, a couple of them like that, but I enjoy that. For me, I I think that is just more of a testament to you know I'm doing something right, and I'm learning how to do it better. Um, because you know with those guys as they start getting better, those are the ones that I'll I'll pick their ears and you know and be like, hey, you know when I told you this, how did that really work? What do you think? Do you know is this probably better? And and that helps me grow a lot, which you know is, is good and beneficial for me. And honestly, like what you were. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, David. But like Neil, what you were saying too, even just tuning, I, I, I've had guys that like the, the guy that got me into archery, we got brand new bows at the same time, went out, shot them, you know, and was, was fine. And then I started, you know, whooping up on him at one point point. he got tired of it. And I told him, I was like, man, you know, and I did a very basic walk back tune and I did, you know, like a, a, a creep tune. And I was like, that's all I've done. I was like, but it made a difference for me. And he fought that for so long saying tuning didn't need to be done. And then he finally let me tune his bow one day and it was just night and day difference. So I, I do agree. Like pro shops and, and shops will get you close depending on where you go. There's a few good ones. There's probably maybe not as many good ones. You know, there's, there's probably more bad than good, but um, they'll get you close, but having somebody that uh, can help you from there does make a lot of a big difference.
2: It it works out on the timeline because that, that pro shop guy, he's, he's going to get as close as he can, but he's got somebody else coming in the door and you, as a new archer, you need time to go shoot that bow. You need hundred, two hundred, three hundred hundred, 200, 300 arrows through it. You got to digest. And I tell people all the time that shooting a bow and arrow is, it, it, you know, it's not really a hobby. It's more an active self-discovery. You know, you're figuring out what you like, what you can do, what the bow likes. So, having somebody there that's, you know, it might be your buddy. It might just be some random person at the range for when it was us hanging out in the very beginning, it was always, you know, Dan Gaston sitting there like, Hey, that, that rest might not really be center shot or, you know, your arrow might be a little overspined or underspined. And for me now, if I'm, if I'm going to go spend, you know, three or four hours at the archery range, I would love to just shoot for that whole time. But you got to take some breaks. You got to, you know, there's a real sense of community. If there's a bunch of guys, you know, sitting around the table eating some snacks and hanging out and somebody comes in there that none of them know and you go make a friend. Hey, buddy, what's your name? That's cool looking bow. You know, you're hunting. You want to shoot some tournaments. That kind of thing is it's so rewarding to see people take that next step, you know, they come in, their equipment's pretty solid, but you can tell they've never put a couple of wrenches to it. You know, they haven't, they may have never shimmed a cam or they might, they might not know what a clarifier is or just little simple stuff that you can put that in there here. You know, I'm, I'm the world's worst about here, shoot mine, pull, pull my bow back and, you know, see what that six power lens looks like down there. And when you see them take that next step and start to, you know, pull out a bear shaft to tune or you know try to like shoot an arrow at 40 yards with your sight on 20 to see where your arrows fall and and you start they're they're okay with you kind of tinkering a little bit with them and the gears start turning it's the best thing Dave and I saw it happen uh Tuesday night at our league one of our um our, our buddies Tom Stevenson was helping this young kid that just got started shooting uh, recurve she, she's shooting bare bow um, we had him at the summer 3d camp just with a bunch of kids shooting Genesis. And you could tell he was very coachable, You'd get him to change his anchor point, get him to put the note string on his nose right here. And he starts laying him in there at 10 yards. Well, then you see him laying him in there at 20 yards. He walks in with a brand new recurve and you got uh, one of the best recurve shooters to ever pick one up is showing him how to align his uh, limb pockets to where his string is straight center shot. And it's, it's just, uh, Tom working with this kid and there's like seven or eight people just sitting there staring at it. Cause it's the coolest thing to see somebody and you could see the gears turning in this, this young shooters, you know, he, he was understanding what was happening, but the guy teaching it to him was an absolute master of his craft. I mean, in every sense of the word and this kid's already, he's shooting really good looking groups for somebody that's only been shooting six or seven months. So it's, it's crazy to see those short term, turnarounds and improvements that I can see why you say coaching people at, at any level. I mean, I don't personally, I don't shoot good enough really to tell many people how to do it. But if I can say, here, I got a bag full of stabilizer weights. Let's put two on the back and take one off the front and see what it does to your sight picture. They shoot two arrows and they're like, dude, this is it. This is the recipe. Like yeah,
1: I agree. It, it's that that part of it is super fun to me. I really like our youth archers group of, you know, kids that we have to shop for the same reason cuz you know, it's just fun to get to watch them and and stuff like that. Like those moments that you're talking about, you know that you witness with that, you know, that that guy at your range and and the kids shooting the recurve. That's what's going to keep people in the sport. That's what's going to make it grow and he'll pay that back, you know, later on down the the road when somebody else needs help and that that means more to me than going out and winning a tournament. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's absolutely right. Well, we don't need to keep you. I know there was a time limit for everyone. So um, if you have any sponsors or anybody you'd like to shout out, man, please let's, let's pass the word. Tell everyone about them for sure. So first and foremost, just Alberto archery.
1: So Tony and his wife, Belinda, that own that shop there um, I, I shoot for them and and they're awesome people. Uh, they really are. And, um, you know, for instance, we're talking about the youth programs and things. Um, there's a, an archer that's shooting there. She's extremely good. And they were trying to help her and work with her, get a bow deal. And uh, with, the, with the manufacturer and uh, the manufacturer wasn't really wanting to help out. And Tony just bought a bow and gave it to her. He was like, here you go. You know, you, you shoot for us. You know, this is yours. And, you know, I'm doing this for you. Uh, so they're, they're, they're salt of the earth people. Super awesome. Uh, you know, I, I like being a part of that. Um, I, I'm shooting for flex fletch veins. I shot them for years and then I went to another brand and then I decided to go back. I uh, really like, you know, what they offer and, and just the size, shape of them, performance, all that stuff, you know, for sure. It, they, they stick to an arrow. So that makes it easier for me. And then, uh, shrewd archery, um, long time shooter with them and, you know, ran their stuff for forever. And then, uh, this year that's, that's new is bow addicts. So they're a clothing apparel company, but they're faith based. And um, to me, you know that that was really important to me. And and I like the group of guys that are over there. Chad that owns it, Tony, or uh, not Tony, uh, um, Chad Davis owns it. And then there's there's um, you know different people that I've met through there that are you know lifetime friends now. You know that that I'm working with and everything. So I like that a lot.
0: That's cool. Well, tell everyone where they can follow you, um, your YouTube channels. If you do any of the other social medias, tell everyone about that. Yeah. So um,
1: YouTube, Instagram and Facebook, which honestly, the Facebook is just kind of linked to the Instagram kind of thing. But uh, it's all RC Archery. So R-C-R-C-H-E-R-Y. It's just it's a play on my initials and the word archery. Um, So you can find me on that on all of those. And then my personal Facebook, just Robert Rankin, check me out on there.
0: All right. And just a little while back, you'd mentioned that you're going to try and go live and really push the, your upcoming tournament. Can they follow or find that on these uh, platforms you already mentioned, or is there going to be a different one?
1: Yes. So it will be for sure. Instagram. We're going to go live from Instagram, from my platform, RCR Tree. Uh, Jeremy Valderrama is going to use his and go live. We may actually combine ours together and have one camera on the target and one up next to the shooters and doing interviews and going over their equipment and talking to, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then Alvarado Archery probably on their Facebook page, um, is, is wanting to go live with it as well and try to get, you know, all these videos and, and on mine, uh, I'm going to,
0: they'll be saved. So if you can't watch it live on Saturday or, you know, whatever, you can go back and watch them later on. Alright. We're taping this real late in the week, everyone, and we'll get this edited and, and put it out tomorrow um, ASAP. I've got to travel to Kansas City, so I'll get it done real early. Uh, but this way, everyone will have just a little bit of maybe some Oklahomans and some other people. They'll be able to tune in Saturday and and, and watch your doings.
2: Uh, how, many, uh, how many lines do you have still open for this weekend? So we... The way that it's
1: setting up right now, we can do 32 in one time slot. So that's top and bottom on all of our bales in there. Um, So that's what we've got right now. It sounds like we're at 31. So we could do one more if somebody sees this and wants to hop out there. Um, If you want to test your luck, um, so there's, you can actually, you can go on my social media page um, and you can see the link to it and you can get to there and there's a sign up form and everything so you can do it earlier. Um, If you want to come out, in person on Saturday and see if somebody doesn't show up and you know, there's an opening then by all means do it and we'll pop you in there if we can. Um, but I think for for now, we're just going to do those 32. We had an idea at first. We might do more than that if we got enough to run a second time, but, uh, we'll just do the one time this year. See what happens next. We, it's pretty short notice. We did this on like three, four weeks.
2: (laughs) I'll say, I, I know a bunch of Okies that just canceled their trip to Iowa this weekend. So, Somebody out, somebody out there is looking for somewhere to go shoot.
1: Uh-oh, uh, I know deal. I saw a um, pretty big name guy. He was posting about that sitting in the airport earlier. I thought about messaging him and seeing if he wanted to change his flight to Dallas. <laughs> we don't have yeah. enough uh, purse money to make that worth it for him, but it'd still be a lot of fun.
0: Got to get that time on the line. Right, That's right. And and I'm driving into it. I've I've got, like I said, I got to get up to Kansas city. huh? Oh, I'm not looking yeah, forward to this trip. So. Well, I, I appreciate y'all doing what you do as well. Um,
1: Honestly, your live feed where you're doing league nights and, and we're getting to see y'all shoot. And that was a big thing that I started talking with Jeremy. I was like, man, we don't do three spot down here like we should. Like we, we should start doing this and, and make something bigger out of this. And, and next year, our plan is to, to grow this and do a little bit more with it as well. and Hopefully get somebody that wants to do something that shoot five spot maybe they can uh do something else <laughs> Well,
0: that's cool neil and i talked about doing this podcast gosh probably for a year before we ever did the first mm-hmm. one um yeah. it was a year ago uh, when we was driving to um rushmore rumble we talked you know we should do this we and you know it just sat to the side it just never never blossomed um we just enjoy doing this right here he does a lot of the uh, live stuff, he did that 3D, the finale for that. That was a great deal, so yeah. I, I think just getting the word out there will help archery overall. And I really have, um, like what Neil talks about the people that are watching it you know, parents, grandparents, everybody gets to see their kids shooting, and that's that's gonna be that's cool. That is it, yep,
1: yeah. Because as somebody that's had kids in, a, in you know, stick and ball sports. You can watch those, you know, they have a lot of live stream platforms and everything for that now. And that does help, you know, parents that got to split with other children or they've got work or grandparents, you know, all kinds of stuff like you mentioned. So I think that definitely needs to be a bigger thing here
0: in archery. Yeah, I think so too. Well, that's all I've got. Neil, anything you want to close with? No, I'm golden. Dave, take us home. All right, Robert, thank you once again for taking a little time out of your uh, work day and and chatting with us. Everybody, um, I'm going to leave it short and sweet. Go get on the line and shoot. That's all I got.